Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul? Welcome to today's episode of I Dig Your Soul Podcast with your host, Nadia Khalil. January. We kind of glided over this first weekend, and of course, life is not disappointing us. It is giving us a lot to think about, a lot to face, a lot to turn around. And so I wanted to start this year with talking about negative thoughts over positive thoughts so we can set the pace. Because I hear, if there's one thing I hear, why don't I feel good about that? Why do I always think in a negative mindset? Why do I always go negative first? However someone says it to me, it's always coming with this despair And this feeling like the negative is way more powerful than we are. Oh, I'm sorry. I had the wrong, um, I just saw this in chat. I thought we were at 2,000 shows and we were at 1,600. (laughs) Thank you, Francis, with a one. So as true to form, I start the new year with what was in my head instead of what was real. So thank you very much, Francis. So today is our... 1,601st show. So we have a ways to go to get to 2,000, maybe about a year and a half. But either way, that's great. And we're just trucking on. I mean, in March, we'll be seven years doing this show. Seven years. Isn't that crazy? I wonder when each of you hopped on and and once we hop on, it's it's hard to get off, even for me, because it does make me feel positive. It is a positive place to be when you can say something like, hey, why do I first go to negative thoughts? Why does that happen to me over and over again? And at first, I used to say, and I, I wrote this, that if you're doing it, then make a conscious effort to stop. And I thought people would get that. And then they would do it. Like, okay, I'm making a conscious effort to stop. But then they'd come back and say, but then this and then that. And I thought, wow, the million and one ways of ego that just filters into our brain comes in from the outside. It's like our inside is like, yeah, I can do that. And it's like, yeah, really? Look at all the people who have already done it. How are you going to be different? How are you going to be special? How are you going to make this work? And instead of saying, by doing it, or by throwing my hat in the ring, 
we say things like, yeah, you know what, you're right. Why should I even try? Why should I even try? Why should I ask? Why should I push myself that extra step? It's not going to do me any good. And then I say, well, if you don't think that's going to do you any good, what do you think will do you any good? Oh, you know, I don't know. I don't know what I want to do yet. And I'm like, hey, okay, how old are you? I'm 35. And you don't know yourself well enough to know what you gravitate towards? Forget that it's your one answer for the rest of your life because that's a lot of pressure. But what do you gravitate towards? When you wake up in the morning, what do you actually do? Don't tell me what you want to do. Just tell me what you actually do. Well, I wake up, I get dressed, I start working, I start doing this, I start doing that. Well, do you enjoy that? Yeah, kind of. Well, what part of it do you enjoy? Do you enjoy the organization? Do you enjoy getting things done? Do you enjoy organizing it? Because whatever you're doing right there, organizing, getting things together, putting things together, whatever it is you're doing, you can take that and apply it to something that you let that negative voice in your head take away from you. You can do that. That's building a bridge of transition right there. Well, I have these skills over here. How can I use them over here? Same skills, same things you like about what you're doing and doing it for something you want to do. Nobody on the face of this earth can get away with just having positive things fall in their lap all day long. We have to exchange energy within ourselves to build ourselves into a positive mindset because we have been taught the negative mindset. We have been taught fear, doubt, worry, control, and guilt. And we've been taught that those things are good, that they work. Oh, they're so nice. They worry about everybody. Oh, look at that person. They fear God. They're God-fearing people. And if you're scared of something or you're hurting, you will have a big crowd around you to support you in your pain. And I don't buy it. I just don't buy it. The reason I don't buy it is because I haven't bought it for myself. I don't accept it from myself. I've been there and I have seen myself work my way out of that hole that we can go into any given time the minute we accept a negative thought. 
and it doesn't make me Pollyannish, and it doesn't make me super positive, and it doesn't mean that I can't get mad or upset. It just means that I've got my back when ego tries to show up and rob a day of my life, which can turn into two days, which can turn into a week, and then a month, and then a year, and then years. Because I did not face ego coming in from a back door. Because here I am, all aware of it, like, oh, wow, why did I have that thought? Oh, that should scare me. Oh, I really want what ego's dangling over here. Yeah, let me chase that ball down the hill. But by now... I do know better. It sometimes takes me a minute to catch up to the fact that it's ego. Because we are so programmed to accept feeling fear. Just feeling it. For whatever reason. If I eat that, if I go there, if I drive here, if I say this, if I do that, it just goes on and on. If you accept it in one place, it will just, I want to say, ooze itself into every nook and cranny of you saving yourself from it. It's that powerful. So I had to start at the beginning because negative thoughts, I used to believe, were a choice. Like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm, I just, you know, I know I feel negative about this, but no, 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 back up. <laughs> don't accept the negative and then don't tell me but or why. Well, you know, I've had this bad experience. Well, we've all had bad experiences. I don't know anyone who hasn't. But what intrigues me more than the bad experiences that we've had was what our takeaway was. If someone says, hey, you know what, this happened and then this was the outcome, can you believe it? I taste that to the end only to find out that it kicked my butt. That's one way to look at it. Or this this happened to me and then that happened to me and then... That happened to me, and I'm I'm just falling apart. And I'm like, well, why did that take you down? What in you felt that it was stronger than you? Because I was both of those people at different times in my life. And I knew when I was pointing my finger at the way I was raised or the way this happened or what this person said to me or did to me or whatever it was that I took on and let it take away from my every single day life. And then I see them and they're just living their own merry old way, not even knowing what they did. And I took what they did and created a world around it. I had to see why. Why did I do that? What in me needed that to be what I created it to be as a result of what they did instead of saying, that's just absolute nonsense. Or call it out, you know, what somebody's actually doing. I know when people are coming in from the under and trying to 
kick my butt. I'm better at it. Maybe I should say that. I don't know if I'm 100%, but I'm better at it. But I come back with kindness. Because I don't want to play. I don't want to show that, oh my gosh, I haven't, I haven't been able to take care of myself. So, hey, come here. Let me, let me just lash out at you because you seem like a target. You're looking for trouble too. So let's look for trouble together. And then we can complain about each other. And then we can say it's because this person did this or that. And we can continue to play our game. But every time I see that game coming, I think of what Christ said. That there is no game based on truth. People will do anything to win. They will lie. They will cheat. They will steal. They will create fear. They will create doubt. They will create worry. They'll try to control you. They will try to guilt you. And we can invite all that in by participating. Or we can neutralize it by saying, hey, Got it. I see what you're doing. Don't want to play. I mean, you could say that, believe it or not. That's why Christ says silence is a language. Participation comes with a price. And the price is our time. The price is us not being able to see what's coming, so we have a lesson. But if we're still doing it at 35 or 40, we haven't learned the lesson all this time or we would not continue to do it. That's the value of experience, the value of age, the value of taking a long, hard look at, hey, why do I do that? And why did I do that? Geez, I could have done better than that. If we look back at the stuff that just totally troubled us and took us down at one point in our life, and we look at it now and we're like, how didn't I see that? Again, apply to now. Why aren't you seeing that? You've seen this before. By now, there's no way you couldn't have by the time you're 35. 30. My kids are 30. I point out to them, hey, you've been through that before. Do you want to go through it again this way or this way? Because now what you used to feel wasn't a choice, you can look at as a choice. Do I want to make my kid feel super bad or do I want to teach them why this happened by asking them questions as opposed to pointing my finger at them and telling them, And I'm going to say this because I hear it from parents a lot, how stupid their decision was. Because at the end of the day, do I want a kid going out in the world thinking their decisions are stupid? Or do I want a kid going out into the world thinking they can face whatever shows up at their door? Because there's no way I can do it for them if I didn't do it for me. When I worked with families, which I I don't do anymore, I did record a whole parenting thing, and we will put that out. But when I work with families, I want to meet the whole family right off the get-go. 
I don't want the parents to prep me about what each child does and how they just can't handle their own kid. I never met a parent who couldn't handle their kid that actually handled themselves because if you can handle yourself, you can handle your child. And it's not even handling anymore. It's working with. It's growing with. Because they are only going to reflect their two highest influencers in their life. You know how they call people on Instagram influencers? Well, the biggest influencers in our child's life is the same-sex parent. Both parents are of the same sex. Then they will look at you as an example, but they will somehow find the same-sex person that they can say, oh, I can relate. It may be a friend, it may be an uncle, it may be a, just not just their friend, but a family friend, another adult that's either male or female. Because they need a guide. They need to know how to be whatever it is that they, they see themselves as so that they can plan. It's not hard, it's just reality. So negative, 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 Why? Why is that so easy? Because we go back to, we have a lot of ways to get attention for negative. Because we've been taught negative. Don't do this. Don't do that. So it turns us having to fight to be optimistic over pessimistic. Because we don't start out with, hey, you could do it. We say, oh, don't do that. You're going to get hurt. Oh, don't do that. This is going to happen. And, and we even tell them what's going to happen, but they don't understand it. Don't run in the street. You'll get hit by a car. And, you know, the kid's three. Do they know that a car can hit them? They don't even know what that means yet. So we have to set it up, which is the job of every parent, with boundaries and limits so that we know what it could happen so we don't leave them out in the front without a gate playing when they could just run out into the street and we know that they could. I know that's an extreme example and a, a scary one. At the same time, we've heard of these things happening. And then we focus on the negative stuff. Sometimes regardless of our positive experiences, we keep defaulting. And then when something positive happens, we start using words like, wow, we're so lucky. Oh, this was a fluke. You can't believe what happened. This was a coincidence. We take away as though it's like an anomaly that this great thing happened over here. I can't tell you how many people who've won awards that I have gone to to congratulate. They say, oh, no, that was not a big deal. You should see what else is going on in my life. Oh, thank God this happened. It kind of picked me up for a minute. I'm like, wow, that's your takeaway? I just really thought you deserved that. You worked pretty hard for that. I'm sure that it caused you to make decisions. It kept you on a path to get there. 
Because whatever you use there, you can use everywhere else in your life. You don't need to default to taking away from yourself because you don't believe you deserve any kind of recognition or reward or, hey, you did a good job or that pat on the back. Because as long as you feel negative, you feel safe that whatever you want will not get taken away from you. You know, this negative stuff, it's starting to get old. Taking away our confidence, which is the only tool we have to start anything with, becoming transparent. If anyone could say to me, I don't know why I'm negative, I'll say, well, hey, you actually know that you're being negative. So the recognition, just the recognition alone is the first step, right? They say if you can say you're doing something, that solves half the problem. I had somebody who I have known for years, and probably the last four or five years, it was a business relationship that became more personal and you would think it would become more loving. But it didn't. It became more negative and, and actually borderline toxic and then became toxic. And it all went back to the person not listening they want to tell you what they want to tell you, but they don't want to hear you. I, I wrote a whole piece about it. I didn't publish it yet, but I wrote Emotional Toxic Cleansing. Because when somebody is allowed in and you love them, and you love them so much, they get grandfathered into your environment. And so they can do something super negative and you don't see it that way and they put pressure on you to do what they want from you answer their call listen to them and every time you talk to them it's you don't listen to me you don't answer my calls you don't you don't you don't you don't and you're trying to say hey you know what I've got someone in my home that's fighting for their life literally and there's times I just can't talk. And for the first time, I took six weeks off my radio show. But it wasn't, a, that was rolled over. Who cared? You need to answer my call when I pick up or when I call you. You need to pick up. And let me call you four or five, six times a day. Because if you don't pick up, you will eventually pick up, even if it's just to tell me you can't talk. But I'll keep trying. And then you don't pick up because every time they call, it's an inconvenient time. And my mind couldn't even switch gears, even to do the things I really loved. So I reeled myself in to protect myself, and I got... DMs, inboxes, emails, and posts 
that were talking at me. Things in the post were the same things in there, and, and it was like this psychotic event. And something in me knew that this was there, that negative spin that was going to happen if I did not do what they wanted. But I, honest to God, let it go and let it go and let it go and let it rob my happiness from really good events that we worked so hard to produce because I loved them and still love them. But I knew if I didn't listen or didn't show loyalty or didn't show promise by constantly answering a barrage of calls, even after telling them, hey, this is just not a good time, the blaming was never going to go away. So I thought to myself during that time, why am I interacting because now I'm asking myself questions because it was so negative that it, it's like, you know, how it comes in the back door, just the way our thoughts do. I mean, this is just the way our thoughts work. They keep coming at you, coming at you, coming at you all day long. But if you learn to marginalize them and say, hey, that's not true, or that's not okay, or identifying your thought as toxic, because this was like a thought from the outside of me coming at me, it was just wouldn't let me go. I thought to myself, if they're calling to blame us, say you're finally picking up, saying we're not listening, saying he needs to talk when there's nothing to talk about but just wants to keep calling to stay relevant, I don't know. But when all that was happening, I thought, why is he calling? Well, I, I want to help you. Well, that's not helping if I'm telling you that something is going on here that is taking me away from this right now. And then I looked back because it broke my heart to say this needs to stop. Period, securities that were so much a part of that thinking became extremely negative, not only towards us, but towards the thoughts in his mind. They don't want to talk to me. They don't want to talk to me. They don't want to talk to me. That's all they heard. They didn't hear anything else that was said. And that lines were crossed on more than one occasion, and I would have to recuperate, and then I would come back. And every time I went back, there was less and less of me that I could share because I was concerned it would be used against me in some way or just flat out not heard. And I felt super bad about it. The reason I'm telling you the story is that we do that exact same thing with the negative thoughts. They've been around so long that we really believe 
that those thoughts are a part of us. And when they're gone, we feel empty. We're like, well, who am I without this thought? You're someone who's free of that thought. That's who you are. And it may feel empty for a minute. But keep it empty and be conscious of the fact that you are not going to allow anything in. Even or especially if it makes you feel uncomfortable to feel good about what you do allow in. If I were that person, I'd say, hey, why am I hawking someone down like that? What do I need from them to feel good about myself? Well, let me lash out even more. Maybe that'll get them. Well, that didn't get them. It hurt them because your hurt was being thrown up on them. Positive thinking reduces our levels of stress, period. You guys, I have 10 seconds left. I could talk about this all day. I love you very much, and I will see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the I Dig Your Soul podcast. To learn more, visit www.nadiakhalil.com.